Today is a special service and a special opportunity for us to be uh, a minister to. We've got some guest ministers that are with us today, and it's just an honor and a privilege for me to be able to have them here and to have them share. And if you recall, if you've seen on Facebook today's message, oh, it's not up there. It's a different one, but it's about the goodness of God. But we also labeled it 330. Do you know what 330 stands for? It stands for three people in 30 minutes talking about the goodness of God. So you're going to get a trifecta today of the awesomeness of God and people talking about how good he is. And the thing about it is the people that are going to be sharing are people that sit with you and do life with you every day and are able to brag on their God and about the goodness of God. Amen. See, it's one thing for you to hear me Sunday after Sunday, and I know I see how some of you, you, t- you turn me off and all of a sudden the eyes get heavy and it's a good nap for you. I get it. I understand. But here's an opportunity for you to hear somebody different, somebody just like you that has a story to share and brag on God about how good he is. Amen? And so it's a joy and a privilege to be able to have them share with us. And so our first minister that is going to be sharing with us and preaching and teaching and and sharing the goodness of God is our very own Jordan Lewis. Come on, give him a good hand as he comes up. Amen. Just take it away, bro. So he said 3 and 30, but I've been taking notes from him, so I want to be like 3 and 90. So. <laughs> now I'm just fooling. I got my timer. He's watching me. No, so we're talking about the goodness of God today. So uh, when I think about the goodness of God, you know, the first thing that comes to mind for me is just some people that have experienced the goodness of God and who maybe really didn't deserve it. <laughs> so I'm talking, of course, about the Old Testament Israelites. So and I, I reference that because if you look at the Old Testament Israelites, they kind of go through a pattern. They were God's chosen people, and they were very blessed, and they received great blessings, but then they very quickly would forget where it came from. (laughs) They'd get silly, and then God would send them a prophet to kind of remind them of where they should be, where they should be going. They wouldn't listen. They'd get out from under God's blessing, get into bondage, and then God would come back and restore them and repeat over and over and over until Jesus came. So why do I bring that up? Uh, The Old Testament Israelites really paints a picture of our lives and just how easy it is to forget who the author of our blessings really is. But uh, looking at the Old Testament Israelites, you know, we can, we can ask the question, can God's promises fail? So holding that thought, we look here at, in Romans. This is Romans, 1, or Romans 11, 1 through 6. Uh, it says, I say then, has God rejected and disowned his people? Certainly not. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his chosen people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have torn down your altars, and I alone am left of the prophets, and they are seeking my life. But what is God's response to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal, so too then, at the present time, there has come to be a remnant, a small believing, my, my, small believing minority, according to God's gracious choice. And hear this here. But if it is by God's grace, his unmerited favor, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. It would not be a gift, but a reward for works. So it's by God's grace that his people are restored, not through any action of their own. It's, it's God's grace and his just he just chooses to love us 
And the reason he does that is because we are in covenant with him, just like the Old Testament Israelites. Now, if you don't know what covenant is, uh, it's, like, it's, like, it's almost like a contract. God has sworn an oath to us, and he's promised, promised us certain things. And the Bible says that his word will not return to him void. So when he says something, it's going to happen. His love is unrelenting. So what does that look like in my own life? This phrase came to me when I was preparing this message, and that's, God's goodness is greater than you. His word is true, and his promises are true. I look back, and in my late teens, when I was acting a fool, my mom was praying over me. I was out of line, but thankfully, I was under the umbrella protection of her prayers. God was faithful to his promises to protect her children, even when I was putting myself in harm's way. So then fast forward to, now I'm out on my own, I'm married, and Jacqueline and I have to grab a hold of some promises for ourselves. We're, we're out from under mom's umbrella, we've got to grab onto God for ourselves. So well, some of the very first and foundational promises we decided we need to hook up with was his promise of protection and provision through his system of tithing and offering. And so we decided, all right, we're going we're gonna to stick to this guy. We're going to be faithful tithers and givers. And then very quickly into marriage, we found ourselves with child. <laughs> yeah, three months into being married, we, we, we got pregnant. So we got a new baby coming, and it's time for the crazy prayers. And when I say crazy prayers, I'm referring to just how ridiculous I thought my prayers at the time were. Because, you know, we were... Newly married, newly, you know, invested into tithing and giving. But, you know, our prayers here are, God, I need twice as much money as I was making. And I need to work half as many hours to get it <laughs> so, we can, so we can pursue ministry. So, all right, God, throwing it out there. And you know what? He was faithful. Within a matter of months, a job came along with exactly those qualifications. So he just showed himself faithful right off the get. And then... You know, time goes on and then, you know, circumstances arise, you know, through maybe through unforeseen circumstances coming at you. Maybe it was misplaced trust and sometimes just bad financial decisions, you know, not praying things out and seeking his wisdom and things. You know, we got ourselves into financial binds at times. And when I look at the numbers, the numbers say we should have bust, we should have broke, but that never happened. (laughs) We didn't go without, we didn't have to default any loans. We didn't have to duck any creditors. God was faithful. He saw us through, and in fact, he prospered us through those times. We've, I'm, I'm ahead of where I was then, so God's just faithful. And uh, God worked thing, all things together for our good. And that does not mean that he is the author of every situation, but he can take every situation the enemy throws at you, twist it around, and work it together for your good. He's good like that. So, thought, learning from the master here, I have to have a natural example. So <laughs> my natural example for this is that of a moving sidewalk. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you've ever been to an airport, but there's these things called moving sidewalks. It just kind of shuffles you along there. Um, so that, that's just kind of how I see covenant with God and the, his blessing system. Uh, when you get into covenant with God, it's like you step onto that moving, that moving sidewalk, and it's propelling you. It's moving you. You can be lazy and stand still, and it'll still scoot you along. 
And you can, I mean, you can be really silly and try to walk against it, and you might kind of stay in place. But it's, it, it's, it's got a force. It's got some power behind it. Um, to think about going back, you, you actually have to f- step off of the moving sidewalk. And just like in the airports, God's, God's relationship, his covenant, it's got guardrails where you can't just accidentally, oops, I'm out of covenant, oops, I'm back on. There, there's, a, there's a rail, and you've got to get the leg up over, and you've got to climb off of that. So everything about God's system, and he's trying to keep you in relationship with him. You don't arbitrarily fall in and out of grace with him. God, God, is, God is good like that. And that leaves the other alternative, is walking with the moving sidewalk. And that's where it gets cool. Because it's moving, and when you put effort into it, it can propel you far beyond your own efforts. It propels you ahead. And there's a, there's a twofold action with that. It propels you ahead, but there's an attraction effect with that too. So you think about the person out there who's never heard of a moving sidewalk there at the airport, and they see this guy. And he is, he, he, I mean, just effort-wise, he's just casually strolling around, but speed-wise, I mean, he is trucking. You look, you look like a superhero. You look like a superhero over there. So they want to know, what is this? How do I have that in my life? How do I make that applicable to me? So God's not just blessing you. He's working both angles. He's drawing people in through propelling you. So how do we, how do we you know, walk with the sidewalk? We press into that relationship with Christ. We press in. We give time for reading and praying, and we just really seek after God. And that's how we get propelled ahead. And that may, you know, that's how we can live supernaturally. You know, people see us, and we look like superheroes. That's that supernatural living the pastor often talks about. So just kind of wrapping things together here, uh, people often think if they step out of line of God's perfect will, that he's just hurling boulders at them like, you knucklehead, get back in line. That's just simply not the case. That is not the case at all. He's not taking shots at you. He's coming after you, and he wants to see his plan and promises for your life come to fruition. He wants to see you living out his promises for you. Now, we can, we can frustrate his plans for us, but his word will come to pass. His word will not return to him void. So when he says, I will, and you step into covenant with him, it's going to happen. And that's that grace, that unmerited favor of God. He's coming after you. So just looking again in Romans Paul says, Who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of sword? And I skip ahead. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us. So much that he died for us. And for I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing created. And you can insert in there, nor you can separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. His love never fails, and he is coming after us. Come on. That's awesome. Woo! Praise God. (laughs) Man, I love that example. 
Wasn't that a good example being on the escalator? I mean, you can sit on the escalator and it can just kind of carry you along. And obviously, if you want to walk against it, you can, but it's difficult. But if you want to hook up with it and walk with it, man, how it propels you. I mean, that really just kind of paints a picture where the Bible says that God redeems the time. Because all of us have said, man, I wish I could have, should have, would have. If I only would have, I would have been in a different place right now. But you see, when you just hook up with God, God can get you where you need to be a whole lot quicker than you can do by yourself. Man, come on. That was good stuff, man. Amen. Well, you ready for speaker number two, talking about the goodness of God? Now, now hold on because this is a firecracker that's coming. I mean, she is, she is this man. I'm telling you what, I, I heard her just uh, share a little bit uh, uh, this past week. Man, I'm excited about what she has to share. So why don't you give a warm welcome for Maggie. Come on up. Hello. (laughs) So God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. But what about when life is not good? What about when life happens? What if somebody dies, that loved one died? You get hit, there's a car accident. The bad report from the doctor comes in. You know, work gets piling up. You lose your job. Life sure has a way of showing up, and it showed up a lot in my life. But a lot of the times as Christians or just individuals today, we have a a tendency to allow those situations to define God. And those situations are not supposed to define God. You're not supposed to let your situation define it. But you're supposed to let the word of God define you. So when you let the word of God define you, you will see the goodness of God always in every given situation, in every situation that you go through. So in my life, my hardship started pretty early. My first hardship was shortly after Timothy and I got married. And I was diagnosed with a medical disorder that made it very hard to enjoy intimacy. So that was hard for me. And obviously, that came along with a lot of emotions. Self-pity, self-worth. You name it, I had anger, malice, everything. I was mad. I was angry. I mean, with good reason, but not to the believer. You should never let your anger override who you are or the individual you are inside. So what did I do with that? How did I get better? Well, I decided that it was time to look for some more medical guidance in that area, so I did. I sought help. I got it. But that wasn't the true help that I needed. That wasn't, the, that wasn't the person that I needed inside. I needed God, and I needed his help, and I needed to see his provision in my life, and I did. So we started coming to GVC. I started eating better. I started, I changed my attitude because in the Bible it says you have the power of life or death. And I chose life. I chose to feed my body with the food that I needed from the word of God and the principles that I was learning here at this church at GVC of prosperity, guidance, healing. Shall I say more? If you've been here, you've heard it, you know. So I decided to continue with that. And I also developed, I I sought God And God told me, and God's called me into the healing ministry, and that is where I'm headed. If you know me, then you would know that. That's where God has drawn my heart to. And as far as I'm concerned, you laid hands on the sick, and they shall be healed, and that's where I'm at. And that's where he's called me to be. So, Which leads me to this verse, Jeremiah 30, 17. For I will restore health to you and heal your wounds, says the Lord. (laughs) Why is that so awesome? 
Did you know that restore means back to its original state? And so he did. He restored my chronic pain. No more pain. I'm done. I'm good. Life, I'm living on cloud nine right now, guys. I'm serving God. I'm living life to my fullest. I'm operating in the healing. Oh, yeah, life is great. But you know what? Like we've said before, life has a way of showing up. But you know, it's okay because I, sh- I serve a God that shows off and he shows, he shows up and he shows off always. That's what I have to keep my mind on because he will. So we lived life and uh, Timothy and I got pregnant. I was ignorant. I didn't realize the signs. We ended up having a miscarriage. Yeah. That's something that you just don't think is going to happen to you. It's something that hurts. It's something that you just don't talk about. Society Day just doesn't talk about it. They say that it's just this common thing that just happens to you. But in the natural realm, yeah, it's common. It happens. It happens all the time. But in the spiritual realm, it shouldn't have. Okay, so what did I do with that? I didn't let it steal my joy. I didn't let it take the goodness of God away from me. I didn't stop serving God despite my circumstance. I didn't let my circumstance define me when I could have and I should have and the natural person would have. You know, I decided to press deeper. I decided to go farther. I decided to finish up where I started. So I was in the midst of finishing school at that time when we had our miscarriage. So I finished my degree. That's what I do. When life happens, I just dive deeper. I finished my degree. I went and I finished my internship. And then I went on working in my field. And I decided that I wasn't going to allow this circumstance to define me or control me. Because God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And he always shows himself faithful. He never leaves me nor forsakes me. I am the head and not the tail. I am made righteous. I am the righteousness of God. Did you know that we are in right standing with him? That when you have God inside of you, the greater one is with you. You can never be defeated, nor could you go without, because he is with me. I am so happy, guys, because my victory is in Jesus. It's in God. And when God is with you, nobody can be against you. So guess what happened? We got pregnant again. We got pregnant a second time, and God showed up. God showed up, and he showed off, and man, was I glad he did. (laughs) But guess what happened? Fear decided to come in. Anxiety decided to take over. You know what? The devil attacks the mind first, that you have all this stuff, and it happens in your mind. And then if you don't capture that and take control of that and rebuke the devourer, he can control you. Did you know that? Because I had to learn that real quick. You have to rebuke it. You have to say, I salvage you. Get out of my life. You're dead to me. Get away. I curse you. You're under my feet. Satan, you cannot have a hold of my life, and you won't, because I am greater. I am greater than you, because he dwells in me. So that's what I did, which leads me to Deuteronomy 28.4. What does the word say? Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flock. But let's make this personal, guys, because this is great. Deuteronomy 28 is about the blessings. If you haven't read it, you should. 
Blessed shall be the fruit of my body, the produce of my ground, the increase of my herds, the increase of my cattle, and the offspring of my flock. What does that mean to me? How does that penetrate to my soul? That means that my body was made to bear children. I am whole and I am healthy. I have great provision in my life. There is no lack. There is no deficiency. My body will operate the way it shall ought. God is on my side. That's what that verse meant to me, and that's how I made it applicable to me, and that's how you can make it applicable to you. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. So while I was pregnant with Mercy, because we knew that she was a girl at this time, I was working, and I prayed for her all the time, guys, because I just learned that God was faithful, and he was faithful to the end. So I just prayed out the promises and the blessings that I was learning here from GBC, and guess what? They're happening now for her. Because God cares about your prayers. And God cares about what you're going to instill into your children and what you're going to give to them. So, you know, I decided right now that I was going to pray life into her and that the voice of the devourer, she wasn't going to follow, she wasn't going to know, and that Tim and I were going to raise this child to be victorious and righteous and mighty. And she is. She is drawn to people. She is joyous. She is wonderful. And I love her. But there are times where she gets very annoying. But she is great. I love her so much. But being a mom is hard. But God gives us so much grace and so much strength. It's, it, it, he would have to to be a parent if the parents that know. <laughs> God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Obviously, I prayed for her to be healthy and whole and complete and perfect. And that's exactly how she came out. And that's exactly how the rest of my children, if so, Timothy and I decide to have more, they will come out the same way because I live with a victorious, with a righteous, and a God that honors my request when I pray to him. So in John 14, 14, which we're going to go there, it says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And he did. Now, obviously, when you look at that verse, for those of you that don't know, if you ask God to do something that's contrary to his word, don't even try because he won't. God is the same today, tomorrow, and yesterday. And if you try to ask him to do something that's absolutely crazy, you might as well stop because it's not going to happen. So a lot of people will take this verse out of line, and it's meant exactly how it said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it. And he did, and he always will, and he will always show up. So God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. I have two walkaways for you because I believe every good message should have two walkaways, and you should be able to dwell on this and decide how are you going to make, how are you going to do better in your life? How are you going to endeavor to change? How are you going to endeavor to go deeper? Because as Christians, that's how we should. And if you're not a Christian, I know a God that's waiting for you. Number one is, what are you in need of today, and what are you waiting for? Whatever your need is, he shall honor it. Prosperity, healing, guidance, whatever you need, he will uh, guide you. And if you leave without asking for it, what are you waiting for? God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. So why don't we all say this together? Because God is faithful to the end. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Let's do it one more time because you just weren't loud enough for me. God is good all the time. And all the time, 
God is good. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. So I guess the lesson for me today is that I got to come up with two walkaways every time I preach now. <laughs> good. All right. It's good to know. Good to know. Listen, I, I'm telling you, it just, it blesses me just to, to be able to see the ministry gifts and the, the, the gifts that God has given us in the church. And, and just Maggie in particular with, with Tim. Uh, in fact, if you notice, she calls him Timothy. We always call him Tim. Boy, I'm telling you what, you know, she, she, she runs a tight ship at home, Timothy. <laughs> T- T- Timothy. I want to talk to you, Timothy. So, but we were talking with him just this past summer, and he had some job opportunities, and they were just talking about some different things. And, and, and some of those opportunities were those uh, job opportunities were jobs that would possibly take him away or the family away from their church because of location. And they started talking. They said, well, we know that's not the will of God because we know where we're called to go to church. We know who's called to be our pastor. So we know that that job can't be the job because God's got to provide a job that we can still be a part of our church family. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. And then just you heard about the blessing of their little baby and just what she spoke over her. I hear this all the time. If you've not met her baby, when you do, you won't forget her because she is the most smiling little thing that you would ever, I mean, all you got to do is look at her. I mean, you can be, you can be nasty looking and she'll still smile at you. I mean, that's the kind of baby she is. And that's just, there she is holding up this proud grandpa there, man. Come on. I'm telling you, it makes a difference of just realizing, amen, God is good. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so praise God. Thank you so much. How many of you are enjoying just hearing about the goodness of God? Amen. Amen. Hey, we got one last speaker. That's Chuck. He's our children's minister. He and his wife partner together, taking care of our kids, your kids. And so she's down there uh, today, just kind of giving him a break. Well, he, oh, she's here? Ah. Uh, now he's going to get all flustered because his baby back there looking at him. You know? <laughs> yeah. She's going to give him that look. And she, see, we call him Chuck. She calls him Charles. Charles. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> no, it took a second to come on. It is good to hear about the goodness of God. Am I right? Um, there's a lot of things with God that you'll find throughout Scripture. There's many facets to him. We only see this much. Um, the Bible says like in a mirror image, but when we get to heaven, we'll see him face to face. We'll see him in all the fullness of his glory. And because of this, God has many names, many names that he's known as. When we get to heaven, we're going to get to see and, and see all those aspects of him. And the Bible says that we'll be forever crying, holy, 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 and not like a holy, 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 and more like a, more like a holy, holy. Holy, holy, as you see him in a new way, in a new facet. When you watch God show up like Maggie and Jordan have talked about, when you see him show up in a new way, it, it changes your, your, your view of him. It, it opens up your eyes to him in ways that you didn't see him before, that you didn't understand him before. And one of, one of the ways I would like to talk about God is his name Jehovah Jireh, which means the God who provides. In my life, I've watched God provide many different ways supernaturally. Um, it, gone through financial struggles in my life. I don't know if anybody's ever been through that, or maybe you're in that right now. 
Um, but I've gone through that hard where you have to trust God. You have to watch and, and trust that he's going to provide. And the apostle, the apostle Paul says that he knew what it was like to be a base and abound, which means that he knew what it was like to be rich and to be poor, to struggle and to have plenty. And I've watched God in my life come through in ways where I didn't think it was possible. I wasn't raised that way. I didn't know that God did that kind of thing. Um, and just to watch him do it, it has opened my eyes. And the cool thing is, is that, and some of you will know what I mean when I say this, if you go through something and you trust God to stand with you, and then you watch him prove faithful, if I could, mistakes that I made in my life, I wish I could go back and undo. But hardships, like the financial hardship I went through, if I could go back and undo it, I wouldn't. I would go through it again, because that's when I saw God, like Maggie said, show up and show off. And to see that taught me things that books can't teach you, that preachers can't preach to you. It takes this knowing and puts it right here to where you cannot, like for me right now, nobody could tell me God doesn't provide financially because I've seen it. I've seen bills that like were due and then all of a sudden I get paid off and I'm like, how did that happen? Or find money that you didn't know that you had and it would just show up. And I've, when I went through my financial hardships, I had one of those Coke-sized Coke penny banks, you know, where you put the coins and stuff like that, and I would literally have to empty that out, count penny to penny for my next meal, literally. And so as I was going through this time in my life where I was trusting God, and I've watched him prove faithful, and I know that he's Jehovah Jireh, so I know I can ask him to provide, I would trust God, and I was a tither and a giver, so I knew I could trust God with my finances, and I remember one time in particular, I was going to a church event. I had to pick up a friend of mine. She was struggling financially. She didn't have a car, and she needed a ride. I said, sure, I'll take you. And so we went, and I, I had $10 to my name. This was on a Tuesday. And I had $10 to my name to get me through the entire week. And so I had, and this was back when gas was a dollar something. My tank was on E. I had $5 to put in my tank to just get me through, hopefully, the week. I wouldn't be able to do a whole lot of driving. And then $5 for bread, peanut butter, jelly, and that was were going to be my meals for the rest of the week. And I get in the car, and I'm, and I'm stopped to get gas. And as clearly as anything, I heard the Lord say to me, give her $5. I said, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, that can't be God. And God knows I only have $5. It's my last $5. I can do math. He can do math. He knows I ain't got nothing after I get that $5. So... And I heard it again, give $5. And I'm having this argument as I'm pumping gas, and nobody knows I'm having it but me and him. And I'm like, fine, fine, I'll do it. And so I went back into the car, and I handed her $5. I had two fives. I handed her $5. Another five was going to go into the gas station pay for gas. I hand her the $5. She starts crying because she was really struggling financially. And so I hand her the $5. I said, God, I want you to have that. And, and I went into the gas station to pay for gas. And as God's my witness, I go up to pay for gas, and I glance down at my feet, and there's a folded $20 bill. I pick it up, and I ask the cashier, is this yours? And she goes, no. And then I did, looking back, the most ridiculous thing I could have done, but I did it. It just came out of my mouth. I turned around to three people that were around me and go, is this yours? Is this yours? And surprisingly, they all said, no, no, no. And so I said, well, thank you, Jesus, and put it in my pocket. And I went, and I went back, and I had 20 extra dollars. Well, later that day, I opened it up, and it was, felt a little thick, it was two $20 bills 
folded up together. So I had $40, so I went and got myself a nice dinner and had a little extra to get me through the week. As I've watched God provide supernaturally, he continues to over-meet my expectations of him, what I'm expecting. And I want to tell you guys that what you focus on in life is what's going to grow. If you focus on, like, like a headache, that's all you're going to feel is that headache. If you focus on your lack, that's all you're going to have. If you focus on the, I'm expecting God's going to provide, I know he's going to provide, he'll show up. And he'll exceed your expectations. He will, he, I'll give you an example of this. Everybody knows the story of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham was believing for years for Isaac to be born. And he got a little stupid and had Ishmael, you know, because he didn't completely trust that God could do it supernaturally. So they thought he had to help God a little bit. And, but then Isaac came. And then, just like, I'm not comparing, but, but for lack of a better term, like the $5, God says to, Isaac, to Abraham, sacrifice Isaac. And he's like, no, I've just been praying for years for this, and you want me to kill him? But he did it. And it wasn't until that he was willing to step out that God showed the ram in the bush, and he was able to sacrifice that ram for the, for the sacrifice and keep his son. And then, of course, we know the rest of the story. He was known as a father of faith. One of the things with God is in Scripture, we are called, as Christians, we're called the bride of Christ. If you study out Scripture, if you've spent any time studying Scripture, he relates to us like his bride throughout Scripture many, many times. As a matter of fact, when people would follow other idols, he would say, you are an adulterous generation. What is an adulterer? Somebody who cheats on their spouse. Same way. God looks at us as a spouse. He doesn't care about your money. He doesn't care about your stuff. All of this is his anyways, and he gives it to you. All he wants is your respect, your love, and your trust. And just like any, any person, any married couple or whatever, I talk to wives, Wives, you can, if you cheer your husband on, you can make him feel like a million bucks when the world hates him. And vice versa, if he doesn't feel like he has your support, the whole world can support him, and he'll feel like he has nothing. And it's the same with God. God, we are his bride, and he wants to know that we're going to cheer him on no matter what. Like, like Maggie and Jordan both said, when we go through hardships, to cheer him on and say, God, I know you can provide. I know you're going to be faithful. I know you're going to stand out and show off. And then he can do it. And you can watch him do it. And he will not let you down. And you will go, what the Bible says, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. What, is, what does that mean, faith to faith? That means I believed him for this. And you've heard Pastor talk about it a little bit. But, but as, as you believe for $100 and he shows faithful, you can believe for 1000 And you can, you can take that next step to a higher level of faith. And every single time you go through a hardship, that's one more way for God to show off. That's one more way for you to learn a new aspect. It's kind of like um, if you think of a, a boat and you have a life preserver. If you're playing cards or you, let's say you're fishing, that life preserver is next to you. That life preserver kind of, even if it's in the garage, you're not out on a boat and it's on the garage. It doesn't have a whole lot of meaning until you need it. And when you're out on the water and you grab that life preserver and you put it on, you need to know that that thing will keep you safe, keep you strong, protect your life, and you know it does, and it's there, and it's always there. And it's the same way with God. God is always there. He will always protect, and he will always provide, because that is not only his name, that is who he is. And he will prove faithful to you.
Come on. Thanks, sir. Thanks, Chuck. Now you know who's ministering to your children, somebody that has life experiences, somebody that's trusted God on a personal level, and that's what he's pouring into your kids and partnering with you as moms and dads as you're helping him part into them how to live out this relationship with God and love God and trust God. That's the very same thing that he and his wife are doing is pouring into your kids so that they can learn to trust God and have those practical applications of knowing, man, a life preserver saves my life and I can trust it. And that's what God is. I can trust God. Come on, what, a, what an awesome, awesome example. Praise God. Can we all stand just as we get ready to? Wind things down. Just in these last few moments, you've heard about the goodness of God. You could hear stories about God's goodness throughout the Word of God, and we could all say, well, that's a good story. And yeah, I've heard those stories before, and it could come across as though it's just fairy tale. But you heard three individuals that talked about life experiences that said, I've trusted God, and God proved faithful. Wasn't just experiences of saying, well, I, I hope so one day. No, these were individuals that have said, I've trusted God for myself, and God proved himself faithful. And you heard the word supernatural. That's not a spooky, kooky, weird word. It's saying that God wants us to live this life super, and it's supernatural in the, in the, in the event that we Live life with God and God shows up. And so maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, I'm a Christian, but I've never experienced a life walking with God where it's supernatural. I've never lived my life to where I've got to a place where I can really trust God to be my life preserver and to trust Him when, when everything is against me. When the waves are crashing, when it seems like the, the boat is capsized, I, I can't say that I truly have come to a place of a relationship and trusting God that way. Listen, you heard three people that says it's possible because they lived it themselves. Maybe you're here and you're saying, listen, I want to know God that way. It's just simply saying, God, I'm going to make you, make you an offer and I'm going to give you my life. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, I don't know, Jesus. I don't know whether I'd go to heaven. All this stuff is new to me. I'm not real sure about that. But I'd sure like to know and have the experience that those did. Once again, I don't want you to leave this place not having that experience or being aware that it's available for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed... I just want to give you an invitation. In just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I want you to raise your hand if this is applicable to you. Now, here's my guarantee to, guarantee to you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is between you and God. But I just want to have the opportunity to recognize that you in this moment are saying, today is my defining day. I want to know Jesus. I want to experience the goodness of God that way. And then I want to pray for you. Nobody's going to be looking around. Nobody's concerned. This is just our moment with God. When I count to three, if it is applicable to you, you're here today and you say, I want to know Jesus and I want to invite Him into my heart. I want to have a relationship with Him. 
I've never done that before, and today I want that to be my day. Or maybe you're here today and you say, I I know that I'm a Christian, but I've never experienced the goodness of God that way, and I want to learn and experience that. On the count of three, if that's you, raise your hand loud, lift it high, and say, today's my defining day. Are you ready? Come on, I know God's talking to your heart. I know things have been stirring in your heart. You're saying, gosh, I don't know if I should. No, listen, if you're stirring and there's that, uh, that, that intimidation, listen, then that means that God's talking to your heart, and that's okay. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Raise your hand if that's you. Come on, lift them up high for me. Real. One, two, three, four, five, six. You can put them down once you put them up. Anybody else? I counted six, maybe seven. Anybody else wish you you should have, could have, would have? I don't want you to leave this time right now. Oh, it blesses me to see a young person, a young teenager to raise their hand. How awesome is that? Come on. Wanting to live life for Jesus. All right, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And if you wish you would have, then you just pray this prayer. But let's pray this all together, all right? Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. My sins separated me from you, but Jesus brings me to you. And I receive the gift of salvation through Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Savior and be my friend and show me your goodness that I've heard about today. I ask you this in faith and in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen.